Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Who do you think I have always related to the most? What, in, in Harry in Potter? In Harry Potter, yeah. Oh, do you like Tonks? Oh, I do, actually. I'm happy yeah. I take that. But I've yeah. always felt very <laughs> akin to Ron. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I've always felt like Ron in my heart. Oh, but because he's always a bit like this. Yeah, like, and he sort of, of yeah. doesn't really know what's going oh, on. And yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just <laughs> along for a laugh. I remember speaking to a woman who was a spitter and she, she did confess because oh, I was yeah. talking about it being something that I absolutely hated. I said it was basically, it was akin to watching someone pee on the streets. Like to see or like when I was in Paris and somebody shat on the platform. Yes, I wasn't going to bring yeah. it up, but yeah, yes. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but I, what I don't understand, like you, I don't understand what's going on in someone's mouth that makes them feel like they need to get rid of whatever it is by spitting it out. What's wrong with swallowing? Oi, hang on, a minute. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. <laughs> oh, welcome to the Women's Running Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to episode 154 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Newman, and she is your other host, Holly Taylor. We've got a menopause special this episode with a smashing chat with our resident health expert, Dr. Juliet McGratton, at the halfway point about all things menopause and running. We chat to her about the good things about menopause and also what happens to us and our fitness during perimenopause and beyond. We also chat about nutrition and Red S as something we should all be aware of. Before and after that bit of essential listening, Holly and I chat randomly, as ever, about anxiety, CBT, and which character in Harry Potter we are. We value your opinions on this, but if truth be told, suggesting Crab and Goyle may not win you many house points. We also have an update on Holly's Couch to 5K journey, taking on a big goal when you're heading for an important birthday, and I get to sound off about being sensorially assaulted, if that's even a thing. I've just made it a thing. Do other runners have this, or is it just me? By the way, if you love this podcast, and of course you do, there is a way to get more Holly and Esther nonsense, and that's by becoming part of our pod squad on Patreon. From just £2 a month, you'll have access to our exclusive Discord chat room. There are free chats on Zoom with me and Hull, weekly newsletters and silly videos and all sorts. 
come and join us at Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash women's running. Now, let's get on with it. We'll work it out. How are you? I'm well. Yes. Yeah, on the whole. I, w- I don't know. <laughs> I woke up this morning feeling a little bit anxious, but for no reason. So I'm just trying to remind myself that all is well. Part of my therapy I've been doing, the CBT... Oh, did you hear that? I did a sort of whistle from through my two front teeth. My <laughs> CBT um, bit. The therapist gave me this thing called a thought diary. So every time yeah. you have a panic attack or you feel super panicky, you're supposed mm. to write in it what your actual thought is, why it's happening to you, what uh, you sort of go through these stages and then it's meant to sort of help you unravel it. And then you Mm. rate the severity of that thought as you're doing it. But then you go back at the end once you've kind of gone through the process and rate it again. But Mm. it's actually been freaking me out more because I was lying in bed this morning with anxious heart and I was like, what if I have literally, there's nothing going on behind the eyes? (laughs) <laughs> like there are no thoughts, just panic. So I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? So But but isn't that useful to know anyway? Yeah, I think it is. And I will talk about it with her in my next mm. session. And I guess that's then the part of the subconscious stuff that we that we're kind of using the talking therapy and stuff to get to the bottom of mm. is there must be something going on in my subconscious brain. Yeah. Um, it's just a bit freaky. Th- yeah, it's really freaky when you can't put your finger on it. Yeah. It's always, yeah. I was talking to a friend just a couple of days ago about depression and sort of sadness and stuff. And uh, and she asked the, the quite difficult question, which was, you know, when you do feel sad, is it because of a certain thing or is it just all the time? Yeah. You know, and it's just, and I think with anxiety, that's it's the similar sort of it's thing. It's kind thing. of, you know... I think yeah. I don't pretend for this to be any sort of like sort of scientific or psychological comment on it, but I was talking about it the other day and I think I've always um, known what anxiety feels like a little bit and I think most people have, I'm sure everybody in the living world has experienced feeling a bit anxious or feeling a bit depressed or when you're going mm. through a phase of something sort of circumstantial has happened to you that raises your heart rate or makes you feel really low for for a bit or um but I think it's when it the difference between that and a disorder has been so Mm. different and I think it's the same with depression isn't it it's like Mm. when it's an ongoing period of time and you think that actually you know shows you that you can still be anxious or sad or depressed or on holiday you can still be anxious and depressed while you're I've I've sat there before and I've gone, how bizarre. I'm so happy, but I'm anxious. And it's so yeah. weird. And I think that's the the difference, isn't it? Where it's like you're you're really in the pits and it's like yeah. you're it is it, I think I think maybe it's a it's control that feels like the difference a little bit because if you're feeling maybe I shouldn't talk about it in terms of depression because that's not something that I've really experienced, but with anxiety, I think it's something that, you know, you can definitely experience and you can even have full-blown panic attacks but when it feels like something that you can sort of bring yourself down from come out of it feels very very different from when you feel like you have no control over it and it's taking over your life and I think that's the difference that I find a bit scary and that has has definitely been the noticeable difference from pre kind of 2021 where I might have experienced 
I had had panic attacks before and I had experienced anxiety around certain things, but I'd always been able to sort of do exercises or whatever to kind of ground myself and come out of that. And then suddenly feeling defenseless against it because it's taken over you completely, which is my post 2021 experience of anxiety. And I still sometimes have it back to that old thing where it's like a thing will set me off and I'll feel like anxious for a bit but then I'll be able to sort of calm myself down and then sometimes it's just there lurking like a nasty lurker at the foot of my bed like sort of Dumbledore I don't know why I thought of Dumbledore I don't know it's like through the beard yeah like it's, it's like always, a bit there's in always my hair brain. involved yes that's who it is it's like a beardy old man who's sort of sitting on the edge of my bed like oh you you forgot about it for a minute didn't you but here it is Ooh. Does actually do you know, it doesn't that seem as though like the two things there is like um I think the a horrible thing about general well general anxiety you know generalized anxiety disorder mm. and depression are horrible things anyway so but 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 one thing wait when you can't pinpoint what it is you're anxious about or you can't pinpoint what you're depressed about then it makes you feel like I don't know that you just you just feel you know that there's a there's a, a sort of an imposter thing going yeah. on there as well, isn't there? There's a sort of what you know. There's nothing to you like you said. It's you know, weird. If you're being happy or not or whatever. Really, really strange. But the other thing I was going to pick up on was when you were talking about Dumbledore at the end of your bed. Isn't that actually a verified Josephine Perry technique in terms of actually personifying? She gives names to thoughts like negative thoughts. Yeah doesn't she so she always has like little alliterative names for sort of thoughts that kind of sort of yeah. say well, you should stop running now or you should do that or whatever and maybe you having a Dumbledore at the end of your bed is a way in which you can kind of I don't know is Richard it? Harris the fuck yes. up out of it you know yeah <laughs> know. it is it is Richard Harris Dumbledore actually now not, you say not, it. Not, not Michael yes, Gamble, no. and no. it's like uh, even though I know that's meant it's meant to be comforting it's like when Harry Potter wakes up from the when he's been in, in the film where he's been in you've seen Philosopher's Stone haven't you because Ted was brave enough to be Philosopher's the first Stone one? yeah yes yeah I've seen the first one yeah, yeah. um and he wakes up <laughs> from having done that whole bit with the Philosopher's Stone or whatever and yeah. um and melting Professor Quirrell yeah oh, nice yeah yeah just stuttering Professor Quirrell um and then he uh, he wakes up from in the hospital wing and Dumbledore's sitting at the end of the bed and he's ready to sort of tell him all about what's just happened or whatever. That's oh, sort of Harry. What, Harry. Yeah. It, it was love or whatever. <laughs> and that's what I sort of see. That's the image I have. It's like I wake up, I think, oh, yeah. don't really know where I am for a bit. Everything seems fine. Oh, fucking Dumbledore. There he is. Ready Harry. to remind me that the anxiety's there and then it's like once I've remembered it I'm not going to be able to forget it again Dumbledore's always going to be there yeah but not as a friendly presence which no, you would always which expect, you would expect. I'd be like I would if I had to choose anyone from the Potter world as a sort of anxious thought in in kind of mm. animal form it'd probably be Dobby yeah, oh yeah but maybe I'm Dobby <laughs> Can I be Hagrid? Oh, you a hundred percent. You do the best Hagrid, so you can be Hagrid. <laughs> if I could be one, I mean, who do you think I would? I have always related to the most, and I, apart from Dobby. Oh, 
What, in, in Harry in Potter? In Harry Potter, yeah. Oh, oh, who have you... Do you like Tonks? Oh, I do, actually. I'm happy yeah. I take that. But I've yeah. always felt very <laughs> akin to Ron. Oh, have you? Yeah, <laughs> I've always felt like Ron in my heart. Oh, but because he's always a bit like this. Yeah, like, and he sort of, of yeah. doesn't really know what's going oh, on. And yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just <laughs> along for a laugh. I've always felt like Ron. Oh, bless. Yeah. I've always identified. I've, who who would you be? I think... Well, I think what worries me is that I sort of identify with Professor McGonagall. I was going to say that a, and then I was like, I'll bite my tongue there because I don't want her to think uh, I'm likening yeah. you to Dame Maggie Smith, who well, is I, amazing. But I mean, an absolute legend. So I would love to be Professor McGonagall, but I have a frightening feeling that beneath McGonagall lies a sort of a Trelawney. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Only when you wear your glasses. <laughs> and I always do her like this, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Harry, I can see death. So, yeah. You're so I, good. I you should read the, you should apply for Stephen Fry's gig. Watch out, Fry. She's coming for your gig. <laughs> oh, you should hear my Luna Lovegood, honestly. Oh, uh, it's out of this world. Luna uh, Lovegood is another one that I would slightly relate to on the sort of gormless front. <laughs> Oh, and then there's always Neville. Yes, there is always Neville if we're talking Gormless. But I think (laughs) I have a bit more of a sort of mischievous streak that I would like to Ron. I just feel like I am Ron. Did I tell you when we were talking (laughs) about um, when we were talking about Harry Potter before? I can't remember whether I already told this story. But my childhood best friend was the epitome of Hermione. Like she was. Um, she was very <laughs> studious and she was very sensible and she would have said something like, or worse, expelled. Like she was yeah. very that. <laughs> and um, and I remember once we were talking, I think we must have been like a bit hungover or something. And we were talking about what Harry Potter characters you'd be. And then someone turned to Megan and went, oh, who would you be? And she went, are you fucking kidding me? And then burst into tears. <laughs> That they didn't immediately know. No. Oh. And she cried because oh. they didn't immediately oh, clock her as a Hermione. Oh. oh. Very Hermione behaviour, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic, actually. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Oh, yeah. There we go. So, yeah. what's yeah. new with you? Anyway, I, on, should on, we? <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about running on the running front? I have <laughs> I have completed my first yeah. week of Couch to Five K. Oh, how has it gone then? It's been good. I really think that I'm honestly surprised at how tiring and difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's manageable, and I think it's been maybe I'm doing it a little bit, going out a little bit harder than if you really were yeah. doing your first run, you were using it to kind of get yourself into running for the first time or back after not running for ages or something. Um, mm. So I'm sort of slightly treating it a bit like the 80 20 thing we've been discussing, where at the moment, so it's about half an hour and yeah. Eight minutes of it is running and 20 minutes of it or whatever is walking at the moment. So it's still majority walk, but I'm using the walk mm. as an opportunity for quite a brisk walk and the run to be much faster than I would usually have, like, than I have been kind of jogging um, in recent mm. months. So 
it does feel like doing a bit of a tempo session. And I think I'm really hoping that magically, if I keep going like that, by the time I finish, I'll be able to run 30 minutes flat out like I've been doing in the tempo-y bits. But I don't know whether that will actually happen. But that's my dream. Who knows? Who knows? Well, maybe I'll and be so, and you- 5K PB. Watch out, Eilish McColgan. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, but so it, and how do you feel like, how do you feel it fits in terms of like the wider kind of training, like towards like a half marathon or something? How does that, how does that feel? I think, yeah, I think it just, just kind of giving me confidence. I feel like it's like, it feels a bit more, it feels a bit less aimless. It feels a bit like, mm-hmm. Like it feels manageable and bite size, and I love that it's split into weeks. So I'm not even thinking about the running 5K yet. I'm still thinking about just what I've got to do next week, which I think mm-hmm. is running for 10 minutes yeah. with the brisk walk in between. So I think yeah. it feels very bite size at the moment. But I mean, thinking of it in the kind of overall journey, I think it's just going to hopefully help to strengthen my ability as a runner before we have to worry about things like vitality 10,000 and bath half and other things that we might be doing so yeah I'm really pleased that I'm doing it I'm so glad that I picked it up because I think it's if if nothing else I hope that it gives me a bit of confidence that I can follow a plan to the T and just like do what I'm told in terms of running for a bit and then hopefully following a plan past that that will be a little bit less guided than somebody actually speaking in your ear and telling you what to do will feel like something that feels like a no-brainer so and how how do you feel about bath half are you ready to yeah I know I'm ready to take the plunge yeah how do you feel about that no pressure I think think I'd like to do it it's just a fun it's a fun thing isn't it it's a nice community thing I think the only thing that's making me a bit nervous and touch wood the last time the last couch 5k run I did it didn't bother me Mm. and I haven't experienced it badly over the last few days at all so since I did my last one but um I have been feeling a little bit of a slight nip in the old knee still I can't remember whether we've talked whether we've talked about it oh hips but I don't remember yeah well I wonder if it's something to do with compensating because it's usually my right hip but it's my left knee now that's giving me grief it's not thank god it's not been bad for the last few days so I'm really really hoping that it was just because I mean I, I sometimes think because of living up here like if I've been going up and down the stairs loads like it happened when I first moved in um yeah that it was almost like sort of a repetitive strain thing or something, I think, from having been going up and down the stairs loads. Maybe I haven't yeah. really noticed, but I've been doing that loads recently. I've been doing a lot of walking about, I don't know, who knows. But I think um, I've, I've just been keeping a bit of an eye on it and I'm a bit nervous that mm. it did slightly cross my mind that even though I was really careful to walk, run the Paris half, that I was like, I wonder if, my lack of because I, I was so surprised at how well it went and how good I felt considering my lack of training mm. and now I'm like did I do myself a mischief that's long-term giving me a bit of bother I wouldn't crop I, up like mm. months later though would it nah 
now. I think, I mean, knees and niggles and stuff is, I think it's probably the most common running complaint. I I can't believe I haven't had it yet, to be honest. Yeah. I've, I've got something in my knee as well at the moment. And one thing it's making me feel like I need to do I feel like I need to speak to is that it's the age-old thing of like not quite knowing who to go and speak to in terms of who's going to fix it because you know there's there's the concern that if you go and see a physio they'll just look at your knee rather than the rest of your body Mm. or if you go to a chiro like I've done that they're not like my chiropractor sort of did some immediate fixing but then I'm kind of concerned about long-term stuff and yeah maybe there should be you know maybe a physio who is focused on running would kind of give me some strength exercises to try and compensate for some kind of weird disparity in my body one thing I think that I'm telling myself that I really really super need to do because I'm not I know we're always going to talk about strength and stuff but I'm not going to um, boot camp as much as I used to. So I used to go twice a week quite religiously and I'm not, I can't, I just can't fit it in or it's not running or, you know, whatever. And instead of doing exercises at home to kind of, to replace it, um, I'm just not doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm either just not doing it or I'm going for a run. So I'm doing the absolute kind of worst things. And I think... I think, you know, you know, like if you do something, you you just, you need to do something like four times to make, to start making a habit or whatever. And I think as long as I don't tell myself to do 40 minutes of strength work on a Tuesday morning, which I absolutely won't do. If I was to tell myself to do three exercises before yeah. I sat down to have my lunch today, and I know that like some of the best exercises you can do to strengthen around your knees and your legs generally as runners, that some of them are um, single leg deadlifts are like really, really good. Okay. You just need to be careful of your form because your lower back can be compromised if you don't do them correctly. But single leg deadlifts, you don't actually even need a weight. Um, That's really, really good. Lunges. So it's, it's using, it's the single leg movement as opposed to kind of like double squat things. I hate so lunges. lunges do you? Yeah. I don't mind them. I don't mind them if they're, hang on, which one don't I like? I don't like going backwards. I don't do, don't like the backwards lunge because I always think in a park I'm going to fall over. Yeah. But going forwards is fine. I don't know what it is. So I just Anything do to do with thighs and knees and having to bear my yeah. the weight of my arse. I think that's what it is. What about a split squat? Can, what's that? How does that feel? What's a split squat? So... You know, like a lunge position, like if you were to step back into a lunge, yeah, maybe maybe not quite as far as you would for a lunge, but imagine doing that, but sort of with your with your legs straight, and then bend down at that point. So you have got your legs, you know, you're kind of in a walking oh, position, yeah. and then you, you squat down like that, like so a if little you did tripod, a split squat, and then bending. Yeah, it. yeah. So it's like a static lunge. So you're not doing the lunge movement. That's quite a good one too. Yeah, maybe again, I give that a go. Yeah, I so I thought love... maybe if I did sort of two or three of those. Yeah, I, th- I think you should. By the way, you're very wise. I, I was thinking that Am while I? you were saying all of that. Yeah. Thanks. You, you know your <laughs> onions. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, if I did know my my onions, I'd, I'd fucking do my onions. I haven't, I don't do that. I want, I, <laughs> I want to do it, but I don't actually do it. So I'm, none I'm of in us my do, head, I'm like, oh, yeah, do you... Let's all admit it do now. It. Yeah. <laughs> do any of you guys do it? I bet you fucking don't. <laughs> I bet they do. They probably do. They, yeah. 
I bet they do. They probably do. They're all do. brilliant. I haven't they done are. it in ages. As you know, the only way I managed to convince myself to do any sort of strength, sort of strength, was my hip thing I was doing. Yeah. Um, I haven't done it in ages. Oh, I thought you loved it. I loved it. I just kind of fell out with it a little bit. I tell you why I fell out. <laughs> because there was a bit, one that I was doing the other day and it involved doing a lot of arms. It was like punching. Yeah. And I felt very bingo wingy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I turned round and Doug was like standing at the door, like a little sort of golem looking at me. <laughs> and I was like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. And I covered myself up. <laughs> and then he and then he was like, oh, I was just like seeing what you're up to because you're making loads of noise and playing music in here. I just wanted to know what you're doing. And then I was mortified and I haven't done it since. Oh, I know. In my in front of my own partner, too embarrassed to do lunges or whatever. Oh, now that is a shame. I do. I know the feeling. The worst, like one of my favourite things when we do boot camp is to do boxing, and it's okay if you're the boxer with the gloves on. That's okay. You can feel quite kind of fierce and strong and everything. But if you're the person that's holding the pads. That's when you can feel great big flollops of your your arms just going hubba lubba lubba lubba. Oh, you know, yeah. just like, oh god. I just I I do have wobbly arms, and I have always been a bit self conscious of them. I would love yeah, it's, it's it's like the opposite of a bicep. Like rather than going up, <laughs> they go down. <laughs> I bet it's really super soft though. I bet oh, it feels yeah. nice. I mean, I think I have no yeah. problem with with giving softness mm. yeah softness is nice do you know one of the nicest things i did yoga this week um oh, great then you've done your strength yeah um so we did yoga we were concentrating on shoulders which is always a really nice thing because of like you know working at a desk and so she was doing lots of things like that and one of the things that she likes to ask us to do is when we are before just before shavasana oh like yeah the best move book. yeah, yeah absolute best yoga that. position <laughs> so hard but it's uh, so hard so tough <laughs> um she gets you to sort of um uh when you're sitting cross-legged close your eyes and then to um to sort of hug yourself and to stroke your arms at the top here like that and um Aww. i know and she said it it kind of releases doing that releases chemicals and can actually make you feel kind of loved and and kind of you know warm and nice and happy and it was like Oh, isn't that nice? What a nice way, what a lovely way to be able to touch yourself and to kind of like yourself. Yeah, that's wholesome. Particularly on areas of your body, on your upper arms, where you might be a bit like, you might lose bit. And it felt like a really nice thing to do. I think we should all do it. We should all. We'll stroke our upper arms. I was doing it then. I did actually, genuinely. I got a little blast of like, oh. Oh, look, it's nice. Serotonin. And I can it's feel nice, my <laughs> psoriasis and see how that's getting on. Yeah, that's the, I've got that bumpy bit. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. little pick. <laughs> so, you know, great for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we, I tell you what, let, uh, let's stop with the self-love and move on to lovely Juliet. We've got yeah. a nice slice of Juliet pie um, who is going to talk to us about menopause my favorite subject yes we have and we've actually got a new jingle for you oh we do yeah (laughs) stick it on dave turn it up (laughs) 
It's time. It's time for a woman. Woman is Very, very wise. Lovely. She's wise. <laughs> Hol, I've got some big news. Oh, yeah? You know, we do a very brilliant actual magazine as well as this podcast, yeah? I, I'm aware <laughs> and sometimes involved. <laughs> well... You can get your hands, if you don't have it already, on your very first copy of Women's Running for just 99p because you're our pod squad. 99p? That's actually amazing. That's like not that much more than a Freddo. <laughs> No, I don't even know if Freddo's cost more than 99 yeah, they, they might do, actually. They might do, yeah. <laughs> so all you need to do is go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter podcast when it asks you for a promotion code and you'll get a copy for 99p. Isn't that lovely? That sounds epic to me. If we keep on saying, well, as we always do, it's like, oh, let's get Juliet on. And then we never do. No, and then you're a hugely requested guest, to be fair. <laughs> And now we've got backup questions. We've got so many questions to ask you. So oh, it's, like... it's funny. You see, because I, I, it was it was quite a few years ago, I think, that I was on, wasn't it? it was, before... was it? <gasps> well, well, it was a good while ago, yeah. Yeah, it was a long time but ago. But since then, you see, I've become a bit of a fan of the pod. So I've been listening every week. So every time you go, <laughs> we, um, must we ask need Juliet. to ask Juliet. I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but it just means we've got so many. So what we're going to do is, um, as I think hopefully I've just kind of warned you, is we're going to ask... We're going to try and kind of clump it into sort of three chapters so that we can kind of spread the load because we've got so many, there's so much stuff we need to know and find out, like either for us personally in a very selfish way or like on behalf of anyone. Hold, before we get stuck right in there, did we get any questions from anybody? Did we put any queries out on social media? Sorry, am I saying this on the podcast? I didn't do that. I just thought we had so many ourselves and it was all stuff that we've been talking about and have been people have been talking about in the Discord Mm. that I thought let's just stick to what we've got for the moment because I think otherwise it might be a bit true. A bit overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to keep for too long. But um is it would it be all right if I'm like super, super selfish and kicked off with like my stuff and kind of (laughs) took it from from menopause and then worked our way backwards? Is that all right? Do you mind? I don't mind what you, I don't mind how you do it. Do you yeah. mind, Hall? Is that all right? <laughs> no, kick off with menopause. I find it very interesting, and that sure. is a huge part of what the a lot of the chat on our Discord can be about, and what lots of people are always very interested in on socials and the comments and stuff. So, yeah, menopause is a great place to begin, and I'll just drink my tea. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Well, it's a bit like you know when we talked at the NRS, and um, and I think. That I think there's something that I think we ju- we just need to continue that conversation a little bit. Like, um, I felt like I wanted to have the knowledge and also explain to everyone else what's good about going through the menopause because I think it can feel, and this is very personal, but it can feel quite bleak. It can feel like, ah, right, it's the chasm. I'm tipping over into old age mm-hmm. and then death. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's that's all it is. And uh, and because menopause comes with so many symptoms, a lot of them really quite debilitating, you know, you just sort of, one can feel like one is just, just kind of, yeah, at that tipping point of kind of aches and pains and old age and everything just basically being shit from now on. And so there was a bit when we were talking to the NRS where it was like, what, what's good about it? What's, tell, tell me what's good. 
And I think I'd quite like to continue that as a sort of stepping off point, because rather than kind of delving straight into hot flushes and dry vaginas, it'd be really nice to just sort of <laughs> just go like, tell me some good stuff, Julia. What's <laughs> what, what good things are happening to my body at the age of 49 that, that, that weren't happening at 39? That's a lovely place to start, isn't it? Because like you say, it's always so negative and I give quite a lot of presentations on it and I find the first part of it, I always have to go, I'm so sorry, this sounds awful, but let's let's talk about the good things. So it's nice to start there, to start yeah. there first. And I, I mean, I think, first of all, you know, not every woman is really, really badly affected. You know, some women, and I have friends who have literally very minor symptoms and that was it. You know, so I think the first thing to say is you know, it doesn't always come with every single symptom that's on that list of 50 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that it doesn't always last for years and years and years. Yes, a lot of women do have symptoms over a number of years, but it, 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 the experience of every woman is so completely different. And whilst you don't want to sort of minimize those who are really struggling and really having terrible symptoms, at the same time, I do think it is a important to have some optimism and some celebration as well of the fact that that we, we say 50 but obviously menopause can come a lot earlier for some women but mm. that that life can rock <laughs> and, yeah. and running can rock and that it isn't all doom and gloom and mm. there's plenty to look forward to and plenty to be sort of excited about I I, I mean my personal experience is pretty good I think I'm quite lucky I mean I'm 51 now I've definitely had some symptoms um they vary but on the whole I I really have tried to look on it as an opportunity to just take some time for myself to think what do I want what do I need what can I do in my lifestyle that will help me because so so much of the time you spend giving and giving and giving to others and for me it's been a real opportunity to go okay right what do I what do I want and what do I need to do and I always sort of try and look at my future self you can meet Juliet she's 80 and she's still running and she's still got a place in the London Marathon and you know and, and I try and really sort of get excited about her and talk to her and and she she says thank you for all you're doing at the moment thank you for doing that strength work thank you for keeping going when things are difficult because I I'm, I'm really grateful to you so that that's kind of how I frame it in my own mind that's and also lovely I just keep Oh, yeah, she's quite cool. (laughs) No surprise there. (laughs) I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to being her. Um, And also I, I, for me, it really helps me to have positive people in my social media feed who are out there and, and, and doing amazing things that just to, to give me hope, you know, that Mm. that there is a, a good light light at the end of the tunnel oh my god I really think that that's great being part of the the pod squad Esther I hope helps you like the the amount of literally during this conversation we've had two emails come into the inbox about HRT and people going through similar things to you and I think the fact that if if there is one lovely silver lining to menopause and perimenopause it's that and it's another reason that you to kind of bring us all together and another thing we can all gas about yeah this is true and I think that it, 
the thing about having like positive people in your social media feed is true that I I am now much more ruthless. And I think mm. it's so lovely to be in a world of Instagram rather than a world of Facebook where I've been able to kind of pick and choose and weed and make sure that I've got exactly, because I remember like, for instance, I remember in my late twenties, you know, the big cultural phenomenon for, for us was Sex and the City. And for me, this was quite groundbreaking because it was talking about a group of 40 something year olds and at the time I was sort of 30 something and so it made them look attractive that age look attractive Mm -hmm. and actually now now that it's come back again it's still like oh okay they're still sort of 10 years on and this is this is fabulous for me it's kind of even though it's a bit shit and there were all sorts of issues with it first time around which we won't go into but it's so nice to have those sorts of role models and then in the running world or the fitness world we have obviously Davina um, but we've got like Nell McAndrew. There's like, you know, there's people that I can kind of think, oh, they're kind of, they're sort of, they're in my bracket. And it's, it does mm. make you sort of feel a bit better that there's these kind of incredible women out there doing amazing things that are massively inspirational. Um, and, and they not- still have problems, you know, they yeah. still, they still, I'm sure have symptoms. I always think about Susie Chand, you know, just oh, God, doing yeah. her massive ultra and I know she has menopausal symptoms and they make it difficult, but it just gives you, I don't know, it gives me anyway some motivation to get out there and and just keep keep going even when it feels a bit hard Mm -hmm. she's a great one actually she's a brilliant one to follow and worth name checking here because her symptoms came on pretty early Mm. that when she was talking to us last year because she's only 46 or something isn't she like she's she's quite tiddly and and she started getting them when she was kind of cusping 40 like 40 41 but she had quite random ones and she would never at 40 41 you wouldn't necessarily immediately think oh it's to do with menopause and she was getting, I remember she was talking specifically about the itching, mm-hmm. that it was like, like consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the second that she started taking it, it just disappeared, but it took such mm. a long time to make that kind of leap. So it's quite, it, it, mm. it's worth just second guessing symptoms. Well, that's I think. why it's important to talk about it now and like mm. Holly to, <laughs> to, to hear now, because then I think like, you feel like you must feel much more empowered and equipped for when you get to that age. I mean, I, I mean, I was a GP, you know, and, and I didn't, I had very, very little knowledge of it. So mm. I was, I was not having conversations with women in their early forties thinking, could this be the menopause? So yeah, it, yeah it, I think I, I that's think really good. It's yeah, it's, it's been eye opening. I don't think that I'd even, I think I, I was, get ready to laugh at me. I was quite looking forward to the menopause. When I first started my period, I remember literally mm. being like, oh, well, one day it all stops and that'll probably be lush. And I couldn't wait for it. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it must be so nice to not have a period any month, every month anymore. And that was, all, that was all the only thought that I'd given to it. And so talking about it, honestly, it's been working for Women's Running, doing the podcast, talking to you guys, like that has, that has, given me any understanding whatsoever of of the menopause and when I think back to primary school I think that was probably kind of the same about periods I think I probably had very mm. little understanding or knowledge and then when it did all start it was really frightening it felt really isolating and I remember that same thing that um you're talking about Esther of feeling like you've sort of cusped something like this is like a new era and you're not 100% sure whether it's one you're ready for and want to be sort of part of and you don't feel like you are a menopausal woman yet or whatever and I think Mm. I had exactly the same with period stuff and because we didn't really talk about it amongst each other as 
teenage girls, preteen girls, then it just meant that I felt like I was the only person in the world who was having a period and that I was still a kid and I shouldn't be having it yet. And it all felt really weird. So I think it's so great. I, I mean, thank you guys, because I hopefully will feel a lot more equipped for it when it does happen. And I think on the whole, people are, aren't they? But then there does sort of potentially have this spiral off thing that Esther was talking about last week, um, where people are so aware of perimenopausal symptoms Mm. and stuff that they will go to the doctor. And often from, you know, anecdotally, doctors will say things like, you're fine, come back in a bit sort of thing have yeah. you had any experience of that Julia and slash do you think it is still worth coming to the doctors even if you're just a bit worried about you know perimenopausal symptoms or kind of when should you maybe start that journey if it's something that you're thinking about yeah it's a really it's a really good question I mean I'm not working as a GP now I stopped seeing patients a, f- a few years ago mm. and I but I do know that there is an awful lot more menopause education available for GPs so they are increase, increasingly aware so I had I don't remember mm. a single lecture at medical school and I was a pretty good student I went to most most lectures um and I I don't remember learning about the menopause until I was a GP trainee and a woman came in asking for HRT and I didn't I had to go to my sort of supervising GP because I, I didn't really know what what to do and then yeah. I had to sort of learn and um mm. so but I, I I still think that they're it's tricky. It's so hard because the symptoms of the menopause could be anything. You know, they yeah. could be they that they're not necessarily linked to that. So often it is the women themselves who who do the research, who who put two and two together, who come and say, "I think it could be this," necessarily rather than the doctor sort of suggesting it. So I would always encourage people that if they think that that's what it could be, not to be afraid to to say it. You know, because. It, it, the doctor then knows exactly where where they're at and what what mm. your worries and what your concerns are, and then it's easier to address it. But it it's all that one of those situations where you you don't just don't just put things off if you're not sure. What's the harm in just going and having a conversation, um, and 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 seeing and, and talking to them and and putting it out there. I remember I heard I heard last week's pod, and I, I know you were sort of saying Esther, I don't know whether to go and talk about HRT, and you were going to make an appointment. And I kind of just wanted to just shout out to you and go, just go, just go and talk to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of build it up and build it up in your mind. I know it's not easy to get an appointment, um, but but at least just go. And you don't have to be kind of, I don't know, hanging on for dear life and symptoms so severe before you go and ask for help with it. You know, you, HRT can be used if it's things that, if your symptoms are interfering with your daily life and your ability to enjoy life including your hobbies then it's worth going and having a conversation obviously it's not for every single woman but it's worth going and have a conversation with it mm. yeah I think that that was yeah that was well that was a couple of weeks ago now that we recorded it mm. so I have had my appointment Woo-hoo. um I know hurrah hurrah but it was it was definitely I'm so pleased I'm so pleased that I went because I did go feeling like um like I shouldn't go that Mm. I wasn't worthy of of taking up space in that appointment because I didn't have you know I wasn't hot flushing all over the place and my sleep wasn't massive and it was so nice to to have that kind of validation from a very very lovely GP who was able to go no it's fine that's that sounds Mm. like quite a lot it's all right you know and it's like okay so it's (laughs) it is Mm. nice to go but if we can like if we can bring it back to running Mm. like 
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Is there anything about the menopause that can affect our running in a positive way? Like, is there, it, because we talked about that when we were on the stage, there was someone, and I can't remember who, but I, I loved that sort of anecdote about how, um, generally speaking, when we kind of face, as women, when we face the menopause and we do think that everything's falling off a cliff and everything's going to be shit. And if you already run, like your, your, the way you consider menopause affecting you is always going to be negative. It's like, right. Okay. So I'm going to hit 50. My period's going to stop. I'm going to dry up like a raisin and my PBs are going to fall off a cliff. And someone was saying, and that's not necessarily true because actually lots of us start running quite a bit later on, Mm -hmm. most of us, not all of us, but most of us aren't elite. So most of us are kind of, you know, doing our training, doing our running kind of thing. And a good proportion of women that head into their fifties are getting faster times and doing longer distances than they were in their forties. And they didn't, they weren't even running in their thirties to begin with. So there is much there to be inspired by but is that is is that your experience too from sort of from what you know um yes definitely i think sometimes your running changes a bit mm. but not necessarily in in a bad way sometimes if you're looking at endurance events and and it's often women are reaching their best for endurance when they get a little bit older so that's something you may be, you, sometimes if you're losing muscle strength, which can happen around the menopause, the speed work can feel harder and you have to work harder to gain the muscle. And it's important to do it. Mm. But but women often find that they can go for longer and they excel at the more endurance events. I would say one thing which I think is really important, and I've certainly noticed in myself, is when you think back to what running gave you when you very first started it, and all those benefits that you got, it can kind of do it again when you get to the menopause and it can be a really useful tool. I'm thinking particularly of sort of mental health things mm. and self-confidence and self-esteem. And when you very first start running, you know, you, you get this sense of, wow, my body's, my body's, my body's great. It can, it's amazing. It can, it can do this. And it can, I didn't know it could do that. And you can build a lot of self-confidence and, feel really good about yourself and that those kind of things often plummet again when you get around to the perimenopause you know you can get a lot of imposter syndrome you can you start to not like the way your body's looking or feeling because of all the changes that are happening 
And and I think running is a real gift at that time because you can actually, if you can set yourself maybe a, a, a little challenge and, and rise to it or run a little bit more if, if you've kind of got out of the way of running, which again can happen around the, the perimenopause, it can certainly give you back some of that self-confidence and self-esteem and reduce sort of symptoms of anxiety and stress and all those things that, that can get really prominent and difficult to cope with in the perimenopause. So I, I think in those situations, it's actually, it can be, it can be a real gift and I'm so grateful for running and the things that it, it's giving me that are helping me through this time of life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was thinking that I was just, I was talking to, I went on a run this morning with a friend of mine and we we're sort of vaguely the same age and we were both doing that. We were both having that conversation of like, yeah, we really need to do more strength, don't we? We know <laughs> we need to do more strength. Mm. Neither of us are doing enough or any and oh, we, know, we know we enough. need to do it. I mean, can't be asked. I it. always feel like can't it's be never asked. enough. Just uh, anyway, so we were having that conversation of like, we were sort of basically saying to each other, we, it it feels like we're being told from all angles that we need to give up running Mm. and go to the gym instead, which just feels horrific. But then I said to her, yeah, but running gives us more than running isn't about, we know that running isn't about weight loss it, it might have something to do with weight maintenance potentially mm-hmm. but it's not yeah. we're not losing weight as a result of going for a run um and it's not and we know that we're not apart from you know my quads it, nothing else changes bodily um and so so what's happening is very much inside and it's the lungs and heart that I can't see um but it's the, the kind of the mental health aspect of it and it just enables me to kind of to, it enables me to manage the symptoms of menopause that I think that I would have found much, much harder. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's so nice now to be able to speak to you and to sort of go, well, actually, my, my symptoms have been kind of quite minimal. And I think that actually it's been the 10 years of running I've been doing beforehand that have actually really helped with that in a way. Yeah, absolutely. But also remembering that those 10 years of running and what you do now will see you forward for the future thinking about your bone loss uh, that happens mm. and, and the risk of osteoporosis you know around around the, the menopause the amount of bone you lose speeds up a little bit and yes strength work we know can help to improve bone mass a little bit you know it, it the, when the tendon tugs on the bone it stimulates it to produce a bit more but that but that impact activity that you've been doing for 10 years and will do for 10 years more really you know has a really big effect on on bone health as well as reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes so it's hard to motivate yourself to go out because you know it's going to reduce your risk of osteoporosis or type yes. 2 diabetes yeah, when, yeah. It's pour, when it's pouring with rain yeah <laughs> um, also feels like but, a very long-term <laughs> goal doesn't it where it's like yeah, oh, right yeah. now I love the idea of crisps and sitting yeah, on the yeah, sofa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so those those things aren't going to necessarily get you out the door, but it's they're good to know that yeah. that, that running you shouldn't just it you shouldn't just ditch the running because it is giving you all those other benefits uh, as well. Mm. Yes, it's not so good for the muscle building, and we do need to to try and find a way to fit that into our lives to counteract the muscle mass that we've got. But sometimes I think people think that just running more will give them mm. all the solutions. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and I think in around the perimenopause and that it, it isn't always the answer uh, because you can feel tired, you know, feel very fatigued and very tired. And if your weight's increasing, running more isn't necessarily going to reduce it. So sometimes women fall into that trap. I think they just think I need to run more. I need to run more. And sometimes they don't they need to run less, but not stop. 
and just enjoy it in, in a different way. So just to mm. see you through the, that tricky time. So what about what about people that haven't been running up until perimenopause? Mm-hmm. What about what if someone's listening and they're thinking they're thinking about starting running? Um, maybe they've got a couple of the kind of perimenopausal classics mm-hmm. um, and they're thinking, oh, I'd quite like to start running. Maybe, maybe that will help. Is it a good time to start running when you're like our age? I think it's it's an absolutely brilliant time to start running. <laughs> it you know you're never too old, and this is a real opportunity because of all the benefits it's going to give you for for your future health. Now, in terms of the menopausal sort of symptoms that it can get rid of, it, it, the jury's out there a little bit. Yes, definitely with those psych, uh, psychological symptoms, helping to manage your mood, your anger, uh, your anxiety levels maybe even boost your mood if you're feeling a little bit low yeah but it's not going to help with breast tenderness it's not going to help with the skin itch um it might help with hot flushes and sweats there 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 was one there's a variety of papers that have come out on that but the most recent one that i read was like "Mm, it's probably not going to help with the vasomotor symptoms but there are others that i've read which say well it can reduce the number of them and the intensity of them um and it's definitely worth trying to 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 see um so but you've got to be realistic about what it can solve and what it and what it can't solve again joint aches and pains for some women yes the actual uh, the movement the getting out there regularly will help to reduce those symptoms there are some mm. women who find that that running on top of already having those is really is uncomfortable for them and recovery sort of takes longer uh so there are some things it will help with some things it might help with and some things it, it won't help with but the, yeah. the grand scheme of things when you're trying to set a new habit and a new behavior, the easiest time to do that is when you're kind of in a life transition because you're a bit more open to trying things and you're a bit more accepting and, and motivated. So the menopause is actually a really good time to start a new hobby and get a new habit going because that mm. will lead you through to the future. Oh, that's super interesting. Mm. Yeah. And also, I mean, I guess, because uh, the, the whole, like, the mental health benefits that you're talking about, also, like, because one thing I always wanted to say to people that were kind of thinking about it in their late 40s, early 50s and stuff was, like, also the other thing, if you are feeling low or anxious or whatever, is that were you to join, like, a running club, then that you get the additional benefit of running with other people, yeah. Yeah. which even if you're a lonely, like, not lonely person, maybe I am a lonely person, I don't know, but if you're, even if you're a lonely goat, you know, that actually that, the, the benefit of just running shoulder to shoulder with someone is, is, is huge, isn't it? On kind of yeah. mental health and yeah, it's have social that. health. Yeah, yeah. Social health. And then you get that opportunity as well. Like we were talking about at the beginning of meeting other people who you might share things in common with that can just help. I, I don't know whether I'm putting my personal experience on stuff but I find that hugely that's helpful to my mental health and anxiety and things to know that there are other people that are also experiencing the same things as me and that you're not alone in something and Mm. I think that opens that up a bit more generally that anxiety and depression can be a a symptom of, of menopause too can't it and I think yes even though for many years I entirely rejected that running would be beneficial to it because I was like no absolutely no way no more helpful than watching friends on repeat but it is a lot more (laughs) helpful than watching friends on repeat it turns out (laughs) for anxiety going for a run yeah it's it's one of those awful things a bit like when people sort of say reduce sugar and you're thinking why no no 
I don't want to do <laughs> that. Eliminate all the happiness from my life. What? Yeah. Uh, What's going on How there? is that the way to start? Yeah. Or, I, find <laughs> I, I find I've got kind of two extremes. There's part of me that absolutely loves social running, you know, and I'm really involved mm. with that. And I lead women's running groups and I see the women having these conversations about topics to do with menopause, etc. But then yeah. there's the other part of me, which I think, like yesterday I just wanted to run but I just wanted to be on my own and I chose a route in the hills where I wasn't even going to see anybody so there's two sides to it isn't there and and I think those parts of my personality have maybe got more extreme around now there's a little bit of a I don't I don't can't be bothered with people I need to be on my own and Mm. and then there's the other oh bring me all bring me all the friends bring me bring me the support yeah but running can give running can give you both that's why it's so good Yeah. yeah exactly and then you can you can find that lovely happy medium by just running with one other person mm. or, you know, which is, that can be a very nice experience as well, isn't it? So it's kind of, yeah, I just, I think it's, it can be all things to all people, can't it? Which is, um, which is lovely. The the other thing that I wanted to ask was whether you'd heard of any new advice for perimenopausal, menopausal women and in terms of their running, is there anything, because the advice has changed so much over the past, like mm. even 10 years. And I was just wondering if there was anything Anything new that we should be aware of, whether that's to do with the medication, whether that's to do with our activity levels or nutrition or anything like that, that we should, we can grab hold of, like at this point? Um, I think it's really, with all the talk about HRT and some of that can be quite controversial at times, I think it's really important to just remember the basics and just to remember the lifestyle things that you can do which includes being active because that's our kind of our first port of call and sometimes we do get really it it can be HRT can be amazing it can be life-changing and it can also help women who are struggling to motivate themselves to get out there to actually then be able to use the lifestyle approaches but it's not either or they both they, they both got to work alongside each other and it's sometimes the lifestyle changes the heart are hard <laughs> because it's easier to just take something and, and we get a quick fix. But I think it's really important to always remember those basics. Mm. And and the other thing I think, which I know that when we were at the National Running Show, Rini McGregor, the sports nutrition diet- dietitian, talked about this. And one of the things that often we're not aware of is that when our body starts changing, um, particularly if we start putting on weight, we do just want to get our body back and we can run more and more and more and sometimes Mm. we run so much that we can actually push ourselves into energy deficiency and then symptoms that we get can feel worse or we don't actually realize that what we've got initially isn't perimenopause it is relative energy deficiency and I think that's so crucial you know and I've seen friends and, and people I know who, who've been maybe training for something, pushing themselves really hard, trying mm. to reduce their weight a little bit, have pushed themselves into energy, energy deficiency, and then their periods maybe reduce or become erratic or stop altogether because of the energy deficiency and not because of the, the menopause. So mm. I think it, it's just something I really would like women to be aware of, and I think that's really important. Yeah, I think that's really important. And bringing it back to me, like, you know, I always try and do. But, um, yeah, I think that's so important. And I noticed, and there's something that I didn't actually bring up with the doctor when I saw her, but I did notice that my periods became very erratic, on the three previous times now that I've trained for a marathon. Mm-hmm. And it was always in, it was around the time of the long, the really long stretch, you know, that the long runs when you're doing like 18, 20, 22. 
around there that um and this year I was I was just put it straight down to perimenopause but I had it last year as well over the summer and then I had it um during covid so I was training for a virtual marathon then and and I can look back through my period tracker and I can see that I was having kind of a 10 day cycle and then a 34 day cycle and you know so they, it really started and it just matched my training mm-hmm. um and the first time that I trained for uh, a marathon I didn't adjust my nutrition at all so I lost about half a stone sort of fairly swiftly and without me even realizing until sort of Christmas mm-hmm. and and then sort of going oh god yeah I can see that and then my period sort of went all right so I think it's really easy like, like exactly what you're saying I think it's really easy to sort of go oh it's perimenopause it's that's that's mm-hmm. what it is and I, I was pushing my body to do things that it had never done before and actually I probably you know could have done with eating a bit more and maybe not training quite so hard mm. um so yeah I, I think it's easy for people to mistake one for the other yeah, def- definitely. And, mm. and sometimes that's just being aware and and, and, and being uh, educated or informed that that's a possibility and then you, you know what to look out for. Whereas otherwise, why, how would you know? Yeah. <laughs> you would just assume, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. would. You would. Paul, haven't you always dreamt of crossing that iconic finish line on the mall with Buckingham Palace behind you and a well-earned medal in your grasp? Well, of course, but the 26.2 miles that you've got to run before you get there, not so much. Yeah, fair enough. But I'm not talking about the London Marathon. Did you know that the London Vitality 10,000 finishes on the exact same mile? You can have the same final victory lap without having to run a marathon. As if. Isn't running a 10k still going to be a little bit tricky? I I think 10k runners are meant to be of the speedy variety. Well, yeah, that's true. Some of them are. But if you join our very own Women's Running Wave, we'll be setting off right at the back without any time pressure whatsoever. There'll be space for speedy runners and slow plodders alike. Plus, we'll be starting the race together and supporting each other all the way round. Well, 100% sign me up. And also, quick request, can we have a cold glass of Savvy B afterwards? Oh, most definitely. And not only that, but we'll also be meeting up beforehand in our own special women's running zone where we can all do a little excited wee in our pants together. Sounds bloody brilliant. Head to vitalitylondon10,000.co.uk today and select the Women's Running Wave when you sign up to run with us, as well as hundreds of other brilliant women. Link in the show notes. You're going to have to bring us back in Welsh now. <laughs> I know. I wanted to do a Gavin and Stacey reference there. Have you seen it? What, Gavin and Stacey? Yeah. yeah. You know when Rob Brydon gets the Christmas special and he yeah. and uh, they're all on Dave's coaches on the coach. <laughs> And, yeah. he, and he goes, and it's and driving home for Christmas starts playing. He goes, turn it up, Dave. I love Chris Rea. And every Christmas <laughs> we say that to each other. <laughs> I love it. Turn it up, Dave. I love Chris Rea. Don't we all, though? Don't, don't we, we all? Don't we all? Driving home for Christmas. Yeah. 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 Um, this is not the Christmas episode. No. We haven't recorded that far in advance. Um, it feels I like it at the moment. Of, it does, does yeah. feel like it's absolutely piddling down, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, so so we've had um, a lovely a lovely menopausal pause, and um, now we're back in the room to talk shy. Yeah, I think um, technically. I... Oh no, you say sorry. You go. Oh, 
Thanks. I oh, all right. I don't know what the technical about. Well, anyway, what I was going to say, I I was really really desperate to start talking about Ivor. And I, I don't know if I know. this is the best time to talk about Ivor. Yeah, we wanted to shout out because we had an email. So we appeared on the Bad Boy Running podcast. I mean, as you should know, if you listen to our pod, we've had them on the last couple of weeks, um, just chatting shite and getting a bit drunk mm. with them. But if you'd but like was, to go It was and... a crossover. It was. Yeah, it was, it was... So, so as well as as well as them appearing on ours, the, the same sort of content, I think, kind of a lot more of it appeared on theirs, with us talking even yeah. more shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, slightly yeah. more unedited so, version. I I get the sense. Yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe even somehow more chaotic. And we had a lovely email from. Uh, we just wanted to say hey to anyone who has joined us as a result of being on bad boy and shout out to any of you guys we had a lovely email from someone called Ivor, uh who i believe yeah. also joined us on patreon yes he did i was so excited so excited i, know. I hope we're not embarrassing him here but um no. we just wanted to say thanks so much because he wrote in and said loving the podcast only came over after listening to you on bad boy um and he's gonna start listening to ours now yay so cheers Ivor. Ivor. So chuffed about that. And so also chuffed. a little shout out that we bloody love men listening to the pod. We do. It is really nice, isn't it? It's, it's so nice. Yeah, we had, there was, there was, um, who was the father and daughter oh, couple? Oh, Scarlett is the daughter. Yes, that's right. What's love her. Name? I can't remember, but I always think of him as the man who made somebody cower in the night. <laughs> because he was chasing, it seemed like he was chasing him at 4am. Shout out to them as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I might follow him on Instagram. Anyway, anyway, nice guy. So yeah, yeah, I love it. I love having a, a chat following us. But we we um, we love not, when you write in a... as well. I was going to say, like these are all things that we get to know about you guys when you write in. It's lovely. We love getting your emails every week. Keep sending them on in. Wr podcast yeah. at anthem.co.uk. So brilliantly done. Do you remember when we didn't even know our own email properly? I know. Listen to days? us now, titans of broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the days when? Um, so um, I was just going to do. Um, I was going to do some selfish running chat. No, do selfish to... running chat. I'm very conscious. Yeah. I feel like I've been very selfish on the podcast recently. Oh really? Yeah, and Why? the bit that we're supposed to talk about us. I just or I, I launch in at the moment. <laughs> And I need to start saying to you, Esther, tell us, how are you really? How are you really? And how is how your... How are you really today? Are, today? Today, right now. Yeah. Tell us all. How's your running? How's life? <laughs> how's life? Um, right. So, right. Okay. Where do I even start? So running is the same. You know, I'm just kind of um, plodding along. I, I had like, a couple of weeks ago, I felt like I had a bit of a plan in my head in place. I was doing my long run had gone from seven to eight to nine um, miles. And so I was feeling sort of okay. And then I got derailed by a couple of weekends where either Dave wasn't here or we were away and mm -hmm. I couldn't quite do that. So I haven't done that, but I've been doing four runs a week, I guess. Um, and that's been fine. Um, rainy this morning, but yeah, absolutely fine. Um, so I think my thing now is I still feel like aimless because I don't have... It's the word of the summer, I feel isn't like it? A, I know, I know. So I still, I don't have, I guess it's because I don't have big fat goal yeah. in 
the diary. So I've got, um, uh, but I, and the thing is, is because um, I think I've spoken about it before, but because I'm turning 50 in October, I feel like I have to have something big in there to do at some point but before the end of the year. I think we discussed this in our Zoom Live. Sorry to do a plug, but join us on Patreon for Zoom Lives every month. Um, it's lush, isn't it, to be fair? We just chat shit to each other for 40 minutes or whatever. It's really nice. But we talked about big O goals. And yeah. as you were talking about this, and the big takeaway that we kind of all had was like, it should be a present to yourself. I think that's how you yes. should treat it. And so... I don't think you should have it sort of hanging over your head as like, oh, I must do something. Yes. Well, you should want to. Yes. You shouldn't. Should is a yeah. bullshit word. You, yeah. I want you to want to do it to yourself as a treat. And if it doesn't feel like a treat, then sack it off. You've got loads of stuff coming yeah. up. So, well, I don't know. If, well, I kind of, I'd forgotten about a couple of the things. So mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about. Vitality, yeah. which is on the 24th of September. Please join us. Oh, please join us. Yeah, not Sam too desperate, um, but please join us. <laughs> please join us. Um, <laughs> so got Vitality 10,000, got Bath Half, which is on about the 14th or 15th of October, which is frighteningly close. Um, and I've just said yes to a half marathon. Um, I think it's the week before, a couple of weeks before the Vitality, actually, on the 10th of September in the New Forest, which I thought sounded really, really Ooh. lovely. Yeah. I have nightmares really about the nice. New Forest because that was where I went on my school trip as a child, cycling trip, and I couldn't ride a bike. So it's just oh, me oh. smashing into gates for a day. Yeah, horrible. That doesn't sound horrible. Ideal. A cycling holiday when you can't cycle. It sounds No, what a silly wrong. thing. Anyway. I should have checked. Um, but <laughs> I'm not, there's no cycling involved in this one. This good, is good. Uh, just, just running um, and sounds really lovely. But I was just thinking, because for the last couple of months, I've been talking about doing a big marathon in November. And um, I still want to do the distance, but I've begun to reframe it as, actually, I wouldn't mind doing something local and traily rather than... Um, big and city and actually I was I've just been having a search for kind of local races around the beginning of November November that beginning bit is a really good time for me it doesn't sort of clash with I've got it's birthday season for me so it doesn't clash with anyone else's birthday so I was thinking that'd be really nice but if I can't find one I think I'm happy to not have a race and to just aim for the distance instead yeah that's Um, fine and And do a maybe maybe plot a weekend in that you can get it done, yeah. get Dave to stand at various intervals with some flapjacks. <laughs> He's never going to do that. He might do um, that. <laughs> Wait, I'll do that for you. As my <laughs> as my present to you for your 50th birthday, I will stand at various intervals with flapjacks. Oh, mate, that would be really nice. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know what I thought I'd do is um the Bath Beat, that thing that I've done yeah. a couple of times, <clears throat> and they've got a 26-mile route. And, oh, well then. Um, and I've got it as a GPX file, you know, so I can just follow my Garmin and just do yeah. it. Might just do it. I love that for you. Yeah. yeah okay, I that sounds epic. So, yeah, if I, if I don't do a big city race, I'm going to do that. So I'm going to do my own marathon, I think, if I don't do that. so uh, Cool. Yeah. That's that's kind of that's She's my killing news. the game. That's my new. I have no more news. That's it. 
So um, yeah. Although I tell you what, that's actually quite big news. You you're inventing your own marathon. Inventing my own marathon. Well, if if I stick to my word, which I may not do, because you know. Um, But the the other thing I did um, yesterday, I did. I had a contentious, slight issue that I wanted to bring up with you (gasps) to see if I know. Sorry. It's kind of. I know, good, good gasp, and you don't even know how contentious it is, and it's not that contentious. But it was just like, you know how we had like the swans. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah. Um. So this episode, I'd like to bring up the concept of pollution in any form, but what I mean is sensorily pollution, right? Stinky so pollution. The- yes. Ah. Oh. And I think that I probably have a very, I, my hearing is a bit shit. My eyesight is awful. So for me, smell is quite an important sense. Oh, so I you follow your yesterday. nose like a I little basset rather. hound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how I imagine myself. Yeah. So I was on the train yesterday going to London um, to see ASICS actually um, launching a new shoe. And I was sitting on the train and Two girls came in. I call them girls. That's really derogatory, isn't it? Two women. Two women. Two young women came in. And they were sitting across the aisle from me. And they were very well turned out. There was a lot of kind of labely type things. Okay. And the one that was closest to me, then, right, I mean, we were just coming out of Swindon or something. And she sprayed herself with perfume, not just one little squirt, but like. Oh. like like eight or ten squirts and I was sitting across the aisle thinking surely that can't be perfume surely it must be like a face mist or something she sprayed it on so liberally like that's not good that can't be she's and gonna then, catch fire yeah but then there was like a wall of smell just hit me in the face and I thought you absolute selfish bitch like that's a horrible thing to call another woman isn't it bitch but how selfish to invade. That is as bad for me. That is as bad, if not worse, than having to hear other people's music when you're on the train. Oh, really? It, it was just like, why would you do the cover yourself in the smell? But it doesn't cover you, does it? It just, it then pervades out. And so the whole of the rest of the journey was this It hummed stink. of uh, whatever. Whatever it was. Charlie. Remember Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> Charlie and Tweed. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It could it could have been Lulu for all I know. Um, but it was just like, I mean, I just think it's so, so unpleasant and so rude. <sighs> so rude. She's to kicking off today. She's kicking oh. off. <laughs> but you would you wouldn't do that, would you? She says. There's a pause. No, I don't think I would. <laughs> well, I'm a quite a I'm I'm quite a low maintenance gal, really, and mm. I think I probably wouldn't spray that much perfume on myself in my own house, let alone in a public place. Yeah. Um. So I can't really relate. I've had the same perfume for mm. about five years, which is how rarely I actually bother to put it on. Um. So as a stinky girl, I don't think I would do that. But no, yeah. I, I also, generally, I don't think I think I would take a bit of issue with that too. I think. Uh, at least it's a nice smell, better than doing a big fart. Well, I think Would that's you rather very a fart? Dep- 
It depends whose, obviously. I don't know. I'd, I probably wouldn't. I probably whose fart wouldn't, would you leave like? Absolutely honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, you know, some massive bloke who's just eaten something awful. I mean, that's what you don't want, is it? But I think, like, with the perfume... A Donald perfume Trump. Is, a Donald... <laughs> <laughs> what you really don't want is, you know, because perfume is so, like, personal... And and if someone starts like spraying like opium around or something like you want a really yeah. super heavy scent, and this wasn't a super heavy scent, but the the whole train just smelt of it. And you've got for asthma. An hour. I do have asthma. You should have stood, it stood was, up and yeah. gone, Excuse me, I've got asthma. It, it was so. Rude. <laughs> I just think it's so rude. But then I do realise that it is a kind of a trigger for me. That I know. Like, do, do you ever feel that when you're running, does your my sense of smell when I run is really, really strong. So um, I think that's just because I'm the way in which I'm breathing. And yeah. all that. So I'm always very, very hyper aware of scents. It's so much so that when I'm running along, I can smell people's deodorant and stuff like that. Really? Like some kind of weird witch. Oh, yeah. no, no. I think you might be a weird witch. <laughs> But it, and it makes me, as I'm running along, it makes me feel really, really, cr- if it's a deodorant, you know, if it's like Lynx Africa or something really hideous. Yeah. That, that I, I absolutely hate the person in front of me who's got that smell on because I find it so revoltingly off-putting and so disgusting. And it's only recently I've had to kind of put into motion, you know, that whole thing about when you're driving in, in a car, I think it was Josie that said to us that, um, because I said, oh, I quite like to get into a car and being able to vent within the kind of four walls of the car about other drivers being shit. Yes, and it makes you feel safe in your yeah, rage. I, yeah. I like it. But she was saying no, that it's not good because being that enraged is raising my blood pressure and and potentially making me unwell. And so what I need to do is focus on thinking to myself, oh, actually, maybe they didn't indicate because, because you know, they didn't have a left hand or they didn't very indicate. <laughs> I mean that kind of thing. Well, I'm sitting there going, oh, fuck, um, and so in the same vein, that's what I need to be doing when I'm running. That when I am hypersensitive to the smell of other people and their deodorant and their Africa links or whatever, I should be just thinking, well, at least they're wearing deodorant. You know, good for them. You, and- sh- you should, but I do appreciate that, that must be quite difficult when you're running along and uh, the 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 overwhelming sensation that you, you should reply Esther to our uh, story Instagram story I put up the other day asking people about their running pet peeves because people have been sounding off I know we should really save oh God, them should, for the I? for the magazine because that's what it was for but should I should I give yeah. you a couple oh please do we please had do. A, are any of them to do with smells um, <laughs> not? not really I tell you what the most <laughs> were about were yeah. uh, spitting and snot rockets, etc. Ah, this was other runners. This it is other runners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about other runners. Yeah. and oh my god, spitting! I absolutely hate it. I know. Yeah. I, I don't know why, why do people, people do think that? that that is okay. I mean, sorry to any. If, I mean, if you are a spitter, please write in and let us know. But. Yeah. I do, I've never felt the huge desire to do a big gob of spit on the floor when I've been on a run. <laughs> and and what is it? What? Because I, I, I need all the liquid I can a, get in my mouth. Keep it in there. Yeah, I need it. But I remember speaking to a woman who was a spitter, and she she did confess because oh, I was yeah. talking about it being something that I absolutely hated. I said it was basically it was akin to watching someone 
pee on the streets. Mm-hmm. Like to see or them like just when I was in Paris and somebody shat on you know. the platform. Yes, I wasn't going to bring yeah. it up, but yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so, um, <laughs> so, uh, but I what I don't understand, like you, I don't understand physically, biologically, what's going on in someone's mouth that makes them feel like they need to get rid of whatever it is that they've got inside their mouth by spitting it out. What's wrong with swallowing? Oi, hang on, a minute. <laughs> <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Oh, welcome to the Women's Running Podcast. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of a WhatsApp conversation we were having yesterday. But oh, anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so that was a big one, spitting and so just sort of gobbing. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, lots of people. I would have to say, Esther, you are outnumbered and everyone is team me here. Um, I know oh. that you, you are more team don't smile at me when I'm trying to run. I can't think about doing that as well while I'm running. Mm. Lots of people here saying, I don't like people when they, people who, when I'm smiling at someone and they don't smile back, or if I do it and they don't say, hi, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's, actually, that's to a be big honest, one, actually. Though, that's quite a lot of people not I, getting I, a smile or a hi. People who don't see, smile no, back. Would, oh, Arcade said I, people who don't smile back. Yeah, no, no. Well, so I, I really enjoy actually against what, what that is. I I do actually really like having a high and a smile and I will always high and smile backwards back back. And I have occasionally been known to be the person that does it in, in the first instance. But at the same time, I have a great deal of empathy for people that aren't smilers and are in Mm -hmm. either their own pain cave or they are mortified and shy and all oh, their new runners and new runners don't know the etiquette, you know, yeah. I, so I, I feel like maybe I, they think I, they're being I'm a understanding bit creepy. Of yeah. There's that potential <clears throat> and thing. Actually, physically, I find it really hard to smile when I'm done, when I'm over sort of 10 miles in, like I can't actually move my face muscles in that direction. I do know what you mean. So, when you're starting to sort of slope mm. downwards, like a little isosceles yeah. triangle. <clears throat> And, and I've done smiles at that point and yeah. basically they've come out as grimaces. And I'm just like, <clears throat> is is that what I'm, I, I don't know if people are going to respond well to a face that's basically just going, and like bearing teeth, you know? <laughs> I think we have discovered in this episode that you could actually be a spooky witch. <laughs> yeah, but like McGonagall or Trelawney. Oh, or maybe McGonagall something in between. Every time. Maybe something so? in between. I think you've got a little bit of the, of the, of the Ooh, maybe I, kookiness I of umbridge? Trelawney. You could be Umbridge. <coughs> you could be, um, you, oh, you were Umbridge nice on that train. Did I, yeah, I was yeah. Umbridge on that train. Except Umbridge, because she's, um, I always do her like this with a lisp. Oh dear. And the kids find it really frightening. Yeah. yeah that's actually kind yeah. of extra She's supposed scary. to have a girlish voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quite pleased with my Umbridge. Always loved my Umbridge. <laughs> Well, if anyone works at Audible, uh, give Esther a shout. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Oh, thanks for that. Right, we should stop, shouldn't we? But I was going to say super yeah. quickly that I Go have um, got a coffee machine arriving today. <gasps> I know. That's so exciting. I know. What, Even a, posh, a posh one? An espresso machine. Shit. I know, because I shouldn't have, I shouldn't, well, you know, we're all flawed human beings. I know there are various issues with uh, with Amazon and with Prime Day, but I did mm. take part in Prime Day this <gasps> year for the first time because I was like, I saw we had quite a lot of deals going on. 
And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say we shouldn't support Prime Day. I don't know. Personal values conflicting there. But um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I saw that we had some good deals on it for like running watches and stuff. And I was like, mm, well, mm. maybe I should take my opportunity to have a look. And I managed to get an espresso machine. Was £220, now £60. No. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm buzzing. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. I can't wait. I'm going to text you pictures <gasps> of my coffee as soon as I can. I want to see it. Yeah. I want to see it. Are you, are you back to drinking coffee now? Well, because I've been you... drinking a lot of decaf because I really love the ritual of, the, of having the flavor mm. now. Uh, yeah. I did have a coffee the other day, a caffeinated one, proper one, uh, for the first time in a while because I went to a wedding and the wedding went, it was, it was a corker. We had a great mm. time. I've never been to a wedding that went on this late before. We went to bed at like 4.30 in the morning. So um, oh I know it was bonkers. Some people didn't go to bed till six, apparently. <gasps> I know. Oh. Um, so I did wake, we had to get up at sort of nine, ten to go and to get our stuff. But it was camping. So we had to get our stuff packed mm. up and go. Um, and and then I had, I had my choir concert that day. I don't know what I was playing at, oh going my... to bed at half four in oh, the morning. bloody um, hell. Yeah, that's, that's tough. So yeah. the... I, I did. I did draw on the old caffeine there for a bit of a bit of support. Um, yes, very sensible. But yeah, I might start getting back into it. I'll see how I feel. Um, I'm a bit less frightened of it now that I did that and I felt fine. I was reading up mm. online and supposedly, I mean, if anything, because it, it, often with anxiety, the idea of doing things can trigger things, can't it? And any if you're if mm. you've got that hypervigilant bit of your brain that's already sounding off, then it will look for the tiniest little, you know, changes in your body. So yeah. if in doubt, don't do it. But I think I felt absolutely fine after I had the coffee the other day and I did look it up and one coffee shouldn't have enough of an effect on your heart rate or anything that it would affect your anxiety. So I might start having one in the morning, but also you can get lovely decaf pods. You can. So I think I'm going to get some decaf pods and start with that and see how I feel. Mm-hmm. But Doug is <gasps> going to be off his tits on caffeine all day. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be so excited about it. It's so exciting. Yeah. I'm thrilled for you. Thank you so thrilled much. You. Thank you so much. Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Come and join us on Patreon. You can get a ton of extra Pod Squad benefits from just £2 a month, including newsletters, live chats, and you can join our brand new Pod Squad chat room too. Go to Patreon, that's P A T R E O N.com forward slash women's running to find out more. This podcast was recorded over Zencaster. The editor and composer, was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. And do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we would love to include them in a future podcast. Happy running.